Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Erin Pym, and what I like to do here on the podcast is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sex and sexuality. Today, I'm very excited to have a guest on who is a clown, an improviser, a comedian, and just a general fantastic human. Please welcome to the mic, everybody, (laughs) Melissa G. Hello. (laughs) How are you? I'm great. I'm I'm really great. Thanks for having me. How are you? It's my absolute pleasure to have you. Um, I'm good. Today is like... You know, I, I, I'm not doing too much this afternoon, and then I go into a, a domination session tonight. So pretty good day for me. How about Sounds you? Like a great day. I, you know, I'm going to record this wonderful podcast, trying not be. to. It will be wonderful. Yeah. Yep. You know, like Calling trying not to. right now. Okay. <laughs> There's absolutely no pressure now. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to, I think I'm going to go for a little hike in this uh, frigid, frigid weather. Uh, I'm in here oh in Montreal. God, and it's very, very cold. Yeah. You know, I mean, I got my minus 40 degree yep. boots. And, Jesus uh, Christ. <laughs> yeah. Good to go. Love it. Montreal, gorgeous. Um, mm-hmm. I'm planning on going there. Actually, Matt and I, my husband Matt and I, we're going to go in November. And mm-hmm. then, you know, COVID happened and, and, mm-hmm. and all that. So it's been postponed. But we love to take a little train over to like old Quebec, you know, mm-hmm. Montreal a couple nights, old Quebec a couple nights. So hopefully mm-hmm. we'll do that in the spring, I feel like now. Yeah, I hope you get to. I mean, this pandemic has definitely put many wrenches and many, many things. So yeah. How -hmm. has the pandemic affected you? Um, From what we've like, just kind of chatted about super briefly. I feel like this has been kind of like a transformative time for you. Tell me, Mm -hmm. tell me about like where that started. Uh, wow. I mean, it's been... You're like, like woof. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just take a big old breath. Jesus, Aaron. <laughs> Get right into it. Holy shit. I am ready for this. Um, and... No, honestly, it's been so transformative for me. Um, so where do I even begin? Like, it's... First of all, I don't think anybody can believe that it's gone on this long. Um uh, uh. Right. Um, then ha- seeing the horizon of like, oh, maybe it's over, and then no, and then maybe, yeah. and then no. Yeah. It's like yeah. Jesus Christ, the tease and denial, the the yeah. sexual tension between us and the end of this pandemic is just. I mean, it's just not good though. Like this is the kind of edging I am not here for. So <laughs> yeah, this is the kind of unconsensual <laughs> edging. No one. No, thank you. No, No. thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But aside from the, you know, uh, fun wordplay of the pandemic, I mean, honestly, I call it the pandy sometimes. And some people are like, that's too cute of a name for this horrible thing. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, it is. But if it's going to make me feel, if it's a way that I can cope with the disaster, then I'm going to call it, I'm going to call it the pandy. Call it whatever the fuck I want. Right? Yep. Um, but in a lot of ways, too, like I could never have expected how transformative it has been for me individually. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I remember who I was just before moving. You know, I moved, so I moved to Montreal right as the pandemic lockdown began. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, I had so many things in place in terms of like getting connected to the comedy community here. And I had a job lined up, I have my apartment. So I had all of these concrete things. And then I would say the only thing that went well was having a place to live, which of course, I mean, thankfully I had shelter, but my job was delayed by a few months. Um, I really didn't know that many people here and we were in lockdown. So I had a lot of time to myself. Isolating. Uh, Yeah, really, really isolating. I ended up moving back to Toronto, um, you know, midway through 2020 because it was just too hard. Yeah. Um, But uh, June of 2020 is when I came out and that was a big deal for me. Came out as what? I am a very proud bisexual femme. Yes, you are. Um, Yeah. And uh, it was a big deal because I, when I say that I came out or like my coming out was June 2020, it was really to like my family. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, it's something I never, never thought I would do ever. And um, yeah. So why is that? uh, Well, you know, I was only slowly kind of uncovering my queerness. Uh, I'd say it started openly, like where I was allowing myself to explore it in 2018, early 2018. Just fairly recently. Yeah, yeah. Very, very new um, kind of exploration of who I am and my queerness. And what did that look Uh, like? Well, um, I'm thinking back. It was this very chance encounter with this woman um so i'll set the scene we went to go see an improv show at second city on a saturday and a bunch of us yeah a bunch of us were like yeah let's go to roxy bar after and play some pool have some drinks and uh one of the people in this group was this woman who was just like like uh, beyond her physical beauty our conversation was just so rich and felt so connected to this stranger Mm. and i remember leaving and telling my friend, I'm like, I don't know what just happened, but ah, <laughs> like, wow. like I just, I had no words for it. I just knew that I was like, I can't stop thinking about this woman. Like I, I'm feeling things in my body for her. Yeah. Infatuated. Um, yeah, big time, yeah. big time. And you know, we struck up a friendship, and it was through her. And she actually, she, she doesn't know. I never told her that she had this impact uh, oh. on me. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm a little scaredy cat to tell her still, because <laughs> um, we still have contact. But yeah, it was this period of, oh my gosh, I have feelings for someone that is not a cis man, because um, I had only been in you know het relationships up to that point, and here's this amazing spirit who has crossed my path, and I'm like just dumbfounded with how I can't stop thinking about her. Yeah. And uh, I remember it was my first troupe. Uh, shout out to Hot Face, my uh, my first <laughs> my first improv troupe, and we're having a rehearsal. We're going around doing a check in, and uh, it was in that circle that I first for the first time said to a group of people like, "I don't think I am fully straight." Yeah. 
And uh, they were like, oh my God, that's amazing. Who is it? And I was like, I can't say, but I just know that this person <laughs> has changed my life. Um, they don't yeah, even so know it. They, they don't even know, know it. They'll never know. But I know that she is an absolute angel. Um, Classic bi behavior, by the way. <laughs> I'll just crush on this person for the rest of my life and they will literally never know. I will never, ever reveal it. <laughs> okay, Aaron, that is so affirming. Thank you so much for saying that. Because... It's so true. I'll just befriend this person. Yeah. <laughs> But she'll never know, and I'll, I'll make no. a whole beautiful storyline in my brain about yeah. the future together. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that, that yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that's really, I would say, where it started. Um, and it terrified me. Like, it scared the shit out of me. Why? Uh, well, because I grew up really, uh, oof. I mean, I grew up this Catholic kid who mm-hmm. went to Catholic school from JK all the way to, you know, I'm going to age myself. And I don't really care, but uh, JK to grade 13. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, same. Um, I yeah. also did grade 13, by the way. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> like, it was different times back then. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I – so I remember being a four-year-old kid, okay, and I'm, I see this doll that like a family member of mine had. And at that time, the doll was like my height because I'm this like four-year-old kid. And I would brush her hair and she was she had blonde hair and she had this beautiful outfit on. And I just remember thinking like, she's so pretty. Mm-hmm. And one day, you know, being this innocent four-year-old kid, I, I kissed the doll on the lips. Aww. Yeah. And I remember someone older than me seeing it happen and just was like, what are you doing? Girls don't kiss girls. And yeah. And that stuck with me. Like yeah, I remember that, sh- that shit imprints on you. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I remember being so confused. I didn't understand. I was just like, well, why, like why, why don't girls kiss girls? Um, cause to my innocent four year old brain, it was just like, she's really pretty and I want to kiss her mouth. Yeah. Um, but that part of me got, like there were so many messages I received throughout life yeah. um, that taught me like what you're feeling, what you're thinking, physically, emotionally. Like don't even question it. Just just shut it down. And I had a lot, a lot of those moments growing up. So yeah, a lot of that messaging just kind of yeah. here and there. Yeah. Yeah. And like I was, you know, never the girl. I honestly was never the girl that would dream about my wedding. I wasn't that. Like I didn't care mm-hmm. um I mean I ended up getting married and I'm not anymore thankfully um but like yeah I just grew up with a lot of messages and unfortunately a lot of really difficult memories telling me like don't even question it like if you do like it's a sin and mm-hmm. God won't love you and I was just like I don't understand um and I think subconsciously something was there because I remember in my OEC law class I decided to write my uh, independent study paper on, because at the time, um, same-sex marriage wasn't legal. And I remember writing a paper on, like, why it should be and why it should be easier for, like, same-sex couples to adopt. Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think at a subconscious level, there was maybe something inside of me that was trying to push through and trying to come out. Um, Yeah, and realizing the dissonance of, like, you know, this is what we're being told and this yeah. is what I feel to be right. Yeah. 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 
and exploring yeah. that kind of conflict. I think Definitely. that ha- that happens a lot to uh, queer folks, you know, if they've had kind of that sort of a background, like a conservative or religious background, or have received a lot of that messaging, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at You get to a point, you know, where you're like... Um, those things are in conflict, what you feel to be authentic and true and right versus Mm -hmm. what you're being told by, you know, whatever institutions are telling you the Mm -hmm. opposite. So that is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think the pandemic for a lot of people too has, I mean, grief has been a really common experience for a lot of people, (laughs) right? The the collective grief of it all. (laughs) Exactly. The good grief, the Charlie Brown good grief (laughs) of it all, yes. Oh, God, I love these little sprinkles of comedy to be like, this is sad. Let's make something happy, please. It's so true. It is. We need it. Oh, my God, we so need it. Um, I literally, Mel, on my last episode that I just edited, Mm -hmm. I I had a really fucking hard month. I'm a polyamorous person, and I literally Mm -hmm. had two breakups. And it's so bad. It's so, it's so bad. Um, But I was, like, laughing my head off. And, like, thinking back, I'm like, is that bad that I was, like, just with a guest and they just found it so funny and we were just laughing away and I'm like <laughs> I'm like should I feel bad um that, that, like I was doing that and I'm like no 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 I shouldn't like no. that is me processing my my deep deep pain absolutely <laughs> like, I mean look Aaron hey after this podcast I have a background in social work so if you want to talk oh you my know. god do not offer that <laughs> I will I will take you up on it <laughs> Yeah, not unless you really mean it, Mel. No, I do mean it. I do mean it wholeheartedly. Like, I'm not a therapist or anything, but hey, I can, uh, you know. Yeah, you can do your little bit. Yeah. I can do my little bit. <laughs> well, so. I appreciate it. But but yeah, that's, you know, that is such a valid way of processing trauma and grief, right? Oh, for sure. You as a clown. Sure. You, you who studied clowning. Yeah. You know, that's what... I mean, don't let me put words into why you practice clown or the type of clown you do. Mm-hmm. But like any any uh, times that I've been doing that kind of work through clowning, it's like it's vulnerability. You know, yeah. it, it's just that bare kind of emotion, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. childlike, innocent kind of emotion mm-hmm. um, and to be able to create, you know, either either absurdity or or humor um in order to express that you know yeah for sure I mean I it's interesting you brought up the the clown stuff because one of the reasons I think I gravitated towards it was because I find it's one of the art forms where you can explore some maybe a little bit more difficult topics with lightness and um, I've been working, I mean, it's, it's been a bit of a break now, but I was, I've been working on my own like one person clown show um, since November of 2020. And uh, my director throughout the process was like, look, it's okay if it's not ready because you're literally living your show. Mm-hmm, and yeah. right, like I, and I mean, this is kind of off topic, but it, my hope is to bring some of this transfer this transformation that's been happening over the last couple of years, especially to the show. Yeah. Um, because there, there has been a lot of grief around coming out during the pandemic and the grief of who I felt like I wasn't allowed to be maybe in my twenties or in my youth and even in my early thirties. Yeah. And uh, what does it mean to be like this 
um, someone called me a baby gay and I was like, okay, I had never heard that phrase before. Baby yeah. yeah. Baby queer. And I'm like, I, okay. I'm like, I don't really know what that means, but sure. Um, and <laughs> but I'll embrace it, whatever. Well, I'll embrace it, like whatever. <laughs> I, I don't, okay. Um, and yeah, when this person told me, she's like, yeah, you're a baby, you're, you're a baby queer person. And I'm like, uh, is it because I'm so new? Like, does this mean like there's like a rebirth of some sort of who I get to be? Mm -hmm. um, but then there's this dichotomy of like, you know, I'm a cis woman and, uh, you know, patriarchy sure likes to give us messaging that if you're older, you are no longer desirable. Mm -hmm. And like all of that stuff has just been coming up over these last two years. Like, you know, I went from being 36 to 38 and okay, yep. like, is there still going to be space for me to explore these, you know, queer spaces that I wish I could have? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. A lot of that's coming up for me. So it's, uh, there's been so much joy and so much liberation in being able to say like, yeah, I'm bi. I'm a, I'm a queer person and I love myself. And I, I'm so grateful that I can safely be myself when there's so many people that can't be. Um, and that's, you know, that's a big part of it too. Like, yeah. Um, and I feel like, and I feel like this, um, uh, coming out as bi, um, mm -hmm. there's a lot to be said about that, about specifically bisexual folks, right. Mm -hmm. Um, like internalized biphobia and all yeah. that, you know, like, mm -hmm. am I queer enough? Uh, mm -hmm. you know, um, do I even need to come out? Is it that, mm -hmm. you know, because is it, like even a valid identity like yeah it's one of the letters in the thing but <laughs> mm -hmm. you know what I mean like yeah bi people do struggle you know just as much as uh, folks struggling with any other um gender identity sexual identity like like there's you know obviously everyone's struggle is different um and very subjective to your you know your own situations and stories and whatnot but like bi people fucking struggle a lot too and like one of the reasons uh is because of bi erasure you know yeah. and struggling with like not being straight but not feeling queer enough and mm -hmm. and kind of living in that limbo of maybe i don't want to take up space here mm -hmm. but also feeling like i don't belong here but also, you know, I have a history where I have like straight, you know, I'm straight passing perhaps or like, mm -hmm. you know, straight presenting relationships or most of my relationships have been with this as man. Um, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like all mm -hmm. of these things can contribute to us um, really struggling with our, our bisexuality. I just watched the, yeah. um, I don't know if you watch the show we're here. No, it, it's a um, it's a fabulous drag reality show where three drag queens go around to like small towns in usually like in the rural states like um, uh, southern a lot of southern like states they go to and whatnot um, and mm -hmm. they put on a drag show and they there's three drag queens and each of them uh, are paired up with someone from the town and they make them over and they teach them a number and they put on this show. Um, and it's all people that, you know, the, like lots of different stories. But the one I just watched actually was um, a cis woman who's, you know, mm -hmm. around our age. And mm -hmm. uh, she is bisexual. Um, and the struggle, like, like you know, a, a lot of the other queer stories about are about trans folks and about, um, you know, gay men. A lot of a lot of gay men specifically 
in this show. But like this one, this one little cis woman um, who's clearly just having such emotional turmoil over coming out, like, you know, even saying the words Mm -hmm. like is so difficult for her. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I think that just reminded me because I've been out as a queer person for a while, but Mm-hmm. I think it reminded me of that time in my life when I did really struggle that hard with it mm-hmm. and, I mean, and how that struggle's valid for bi folks. It, you know, we struggle too. For sure. And like, I, I think I, there's part of me that didn't fully understand it because I'm around or I was around a lot of het people, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's and like some no people community. just, no community and it's been slowly building which i'm super grateful for um but i'm like it's and this speaks to my privilege i guess that i'm starting to -hmm. now experience the the kind of bi erasure um a little bit of the biphobia when dating online too that's been a really big struggle for me Mm. um uh and it again it just didn't make sense to me because like i i don't get it like i just don't I don't get it. And, um, like, I remember when I came out, I worded it in such a way that it was like, I might, I might be with a man. I might be someone that's not a man Mm -hmm. and that might be a woman. Um, and I even remember being like, you know, I'm queer. And some of the people that I had come out to were like, what does that mean? Like, what does queer mean? And, Yeah. And I was just like, I oh tried boy. to explain it. Yeah. I was like, uh. oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> like part of me was just like, okay, be patient and calm and use your compassion because yes. yeah. these people are trying to understand you and whatever. Um, but even now, like, you know, right now I'm in, um, I, I'm seeing someone and uh, she's a woman mm-hmm. and you know, there's part of me that's like, I don't want my bisexuality to be erased. Like I am so grateful for this person that's in my life. I care about her very much. Mm-hmm. There is part of me that's like, uh, you know, uh, I can't remember who said, but someone said something like, "Oh, like what it's like to be in a lesbian relationship." I'm like, well, I'm I'm bisexual yep. and I'm in a relationship with a woman, and I mean, I, I'm not knocking porn or anything like that. But even the way like porn titles are, it's like lesbian this, and it's like, well. Maybe, maybe two women, I don't know, I'm not like in, I don't know what it would be labeled as, but there is part of me that's like, if I'm seen with a woman in partnership, uh, I I just don't want my bisexuality to be erased. And I feel like there's a lot of these messagings around binaries of like, two men means this, two women means this. Gay straight. Yeah. Those are the options. um, Yeah, that's another kind of cool and nuance that you're bringing up, right? Like not only can us as bisexual people be in a straight presenting relationship mm-hmm. you know alternatively if we're with if we're a cis woman with another cis woman it can be like a gay presenting relationship like a yeah. lesbian presenting relationship mm-hmm. um and that's that's an interesting nuance actually that i didn't necessarily think of so thank you for that oh well i mean i again it's like i i'm not i wouldn't be upset about it like i have so much pride yeah, being no. with this person it's more so like, how do I just reaffirm myself in those spaces? Because like, uh, you know, you mentioned polyamory and polyamory is something else. That's something I've been exploring over the pandemic. And 
really trying to, like, I think this pandemic has just forced me to look within and destroy whatever yeah. like structures I was taught to uh, think as normal and just figure out like, well, what, what, what about what I want? What about my experiences over time? I know I just kind of shifted um, topics a little bit, but I think they kind of coincide because like, what if over time I do find myself in, uh, you know, partnership with another person who happens to be a, a cis man. This is just an example. Yeah. Um, or just it being in a straight passing relationship, for example, like none of that erases my bisexuality. Um, but there does, like, I do start, sort of feel like I have to prove it in some way. Yeah. Like, I definitely internalize that feeling of like, well, if I've never been in a relationship with somebody other than a cis man, does that really mean I'm bi? Yeah. Do I have to hand in my bi card? Yeah. My queer card. Yeah. Yeah. Does it expire? Does this card expire? Oh God, I hope not. (laughs) Yeah. Or do I have to hand it in and then, and then I got to reapply? Yes. Like, am I going to get my little card punched with a hole? And like, you get to the 10th one. Do I get a free coffee? Yeah. Yes. Like, you know, like, what are these, what are these like unwritten rules that are kind of imposed upon, I think many people. Um, And I'm really just trying to like figure out life. And I've got a lot of life behind me in my 38 years. Um, and uh, I, I tell a lot of people, I'm like, I feel like I, I've lived nine lives. Like, I feel like I'm a cat. Like, <laughs> me too. I'm- oh, my God. When I tell <laughs> I- people, I'm like, oh, I owned a, rest- a restaurant at one point. They're like, well, I'm what? sorry, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Who is Aaron Yeah, Kim? like, literally, I do feel like that way. I'm like, wow, I, I really have, like... <laughs> I've had a, I actually with someone that I dated recently, like, they're like, what haven't you done? I'm like, I don't know. And like, <laughs> like I was a contractor for a long time as well. Like, what? Yeah. Like I've done a lot of things, um, <laughs> a lot of different things, you know, like, right. Right. So I, I feel you on that. But I feel like I need to start my own podcast just to interview you and be like, who is Aaron Pitt? <laughs> Let's get down to yes, who is. I like that as a, a name for a podcast. Who is dot dot dot. You know what I mean? Like, and just like really get down to it. I like that. Yeah, just get into it. But yeah, I mean, I relate to that very much. Like I, I tell people who didn't really know me before I entered the improv world um, because I started improv just after I left a marriage that I was in. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are very few people who knew about that part of my life, who knew who I was and like stark difference. I say very often that old Mel is dead. And I say it in third person because there's a bit of dissociation with who I used to be. Mm-hmm. And um, so like, I feel like I really do feel like if this baby queer thing is something I want to embrace as a, a I don't know, a way to identify, then so be it. Because it does feel like this new, burgeoning, growing version. And I hope that I continue to grow and um, explore my queerness and explore like what what relationship structures work um, for me. And uh, well, you know what? Babies have no choice but to grow, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. I love that. I, I, I love that you're like, 
you took this time. I feel like I've very much done the same thing of like, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, we're all like, great, this is my chance to like work on this big project, like write Mm -hmm. a one woman clown show or like, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is, write my opus. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, pretty quickly, we all kind of threw those projects out the the window because it's like, oh, no, the world's burning. I can't really Mm -hmm. be the most creative, productive person um, when like uh, literally the world is on fire. Um, But I think what it ended up being for a lot of people, myself included, is is exactly that thing of like, oh, the project was me. Mm -hmm. And that's the project that, you know, like, like rest is productive you know Mm -hmm. self-care is productive all of that stuff so it's like yeah we all you know we're like ooh, wanting to work on something and get something Mm -hmm. done get something accomplished you know and it's like Mm -hmm. well i i love that a lot of us ended up treating our ourselves like that so you know maybe we didn't get our magnum opus written but we did a lot of self work and, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, you know, again, with the non-consensual edging, it's edging. like, we're, forced, <laughs> we're, we're backed up into a corner <laughs> and forced to do some self-reflection. But like, you know, we're, yeah, we're sitting at home alone so fucking much mm-hmm. that we have mm-hmm. no choice. Um, mm-hmm. But like looking at the silver lining of things and again, trying to find, you know, the humor to be able to deal with all this collective fucking drama. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Well, you know what, what else has helped me kind of through too is a lot of photo- like self-portrait photography. Okay, this is something I definitely wanted to pick your brain about because okay. as, as someone who's um, like follows you on social media and like, right. you know, are, is seeing you start to do new things, you know, mm-hmm. with your social media and, and me being like, ooh, what's, this is interesting. Like, <laughs> what is going on with you? I want to ask you, you know, because I'm seeing a lot of that, like, uh, you know, a lot of posts that are like, there's some nudity happening mm-hmm. and like embracing your body seems to be happening. Tell me, mm-hmm. yeah, tell me about this journey. Oh, how much, how much time do we have? Episode one, episode two with Mel. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah. I, no, I'm like, I'm so glad that you, you, uh, you know, even want to talk about it because it's been a massive part of the transformation as well. Um, I uh, have, I guess, maybe trigger warning to people listening is I have had issues with my body image uh, my entire life. Um, I have had issues with self-image. I think there's been a lot of distorted self-image that I've had, mm-hmm. um, where, and this is from like feedback people have given me thinking that they see me in a certain way. And I absolutely do not, or I did not see myself in that way at all. Like I could just, I, I just couldn't relate to what they saw. 
And um, so I remember, again, who I was just, just as I moved, just before I moved, really, like, not that confident. I was confident in who I am, like, my personality and my values and stuff. Mm-hmm. But when it, come to my, when it came to my body, when it came to my, like, sense of sensuality and sexuality so insecure like i'm just gonna full disclosure erin yeah i remember when i heard about your your podcast for the first time mm-hmm. i like the the internalized shame around my sexuality was so deep that i couldn't even listen to an episode of your podcast wow. yeah it was so deep because it was like what would it mean if i listened to an episode of like a sex and sexuality podcast like i can't it's so shameful to even go there and uh, yeah that's how deep it was for me and now you're on it and now Now, you're on the podcast now I'm on the podcast would you have ever thought (sighs) back then absolutely not back then I'd be like I remember what it was that stopped me it was what if I talk about myself and somebody in the uh you know in my field hears it and like then they don't want to hire me right um because there's these personas of professional being professional and what that means and uh, often it's this very patriarchal white kind of puritan good person which means good equals no sexuality again it's like this virgin kind of virginal way of presenting which likely came from my my upbringing as a catholic person yeah um but now and again these photographs like uh they like I've seen the progression over time and believe me I am scared every time I post something that's a little bit more edgy than the last every time yeah yeah yeah. um how do you work through that when you have that little um you know that warm feeling that nervous feeling in your chest right before you press send Honestly, it's from exhaustion. It's like, I'm just fucking tired of hiding. Yeah. I'm so fucking tired of hiding. I'm like, so I think that's... you say to that feeling, fuck yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> I really do. Like, honestly... Would you like, just... Like, just shut off. the fuck up. Like, just stop and let me be. Like, like, is a nipple really the worst thing in the world? No, it's not. So, like, I mean, I took so much pride when Instagram flagged one of my posts yes. for the first time. I was like... Yeah, I've made I, it. I've like, done it. Yes, I have arrived. They think I'm showing, like... They think I'm showing bush good, even though it's a shadow, like yeah, let them, yeah. let this algorithm, whatever it is. And I, you know, and I say that knowing full well that like a body like mine is not going to get as censored as like someone else's body, like a person of color who is trying mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. you know, like there's, there's all this stuff has come out with, um, with social media and like who's, who gets censored and who doesn't. So I yeah, acknowledge yeah, yeah. that. Um, but still, I'm just like, I'm just on a personal level, like my own journey. I'm just like, I'm so fucking tired. Like I have, you know, to anybody else that might be listening to this, like I wouldn't have sex, for example, with a partner, like of somebody that I was attracted to, because I was worried that if they saw my cellulite, that they would be immediately turned off. Like that's how deep the self-loathing was. Um, and I got really... It's so painful yeah. to hear, you know, how you wouldn't give yourself access to your own pleasure mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of something like that. Yeah, that's how... Uh, that's how deep it runs. Yep. And yeah. I, I know I'm not the only one. No, like I know. not at all. Not at all. Um, and so part of, 
a large part of these posts, like really using that my little iPhone camera to reflect back to me so I can see myself finally and look at those things I used to hate about myself and be like, no, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. So what? Like, you know, I can finally now at 38 years old say like, yeah, I I think I'm beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it's not about beauty just being physical. It's like, I'm, I I embrace my spirit. I embrace, you know, the stretch marks and the, 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 the cellulite and the, the, the curves and the, all of it. I embrace it all. I'm so Um, interested to know how you got there. Can you articulate it? I can try. Um, I really do think it is again from a place of exhaustion being like, if not now, when, when am I going to finally just like allow myself to go to the beach and not give a shit if my ass is jiggling from my towel down to the water? Like when, when, you know, and, um, yeah, like, like trying to having to hold up that wall, having to like constantly entertain these insecurities that puts such a stress on you to have to maintain Mm. that constantly. Yeah. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. And and it's kind of interesting that, you know, as, as one gets older, it's like at one point you can just be too fucking tired to do that anymore. Yep. And that is, that's just it. Yep. It's exhaustion. It's like, I am done. Like I want to feel the water on my skin. I want to have, to be able to experience pleasure, you know, obviously within a consensual context with partner, a partner or partners, like I want to live. And I I think I also, part of this transformation and even, even not being, you know, out, which of course isn't like a heteronormative context, but even being out, it's like, I don't, I don't want to hide. Who am I living for if I'm not living for myself? And um, I'm, I think I'm tired too of just shame. Like yeah. what's there to be ashamed of having a body like mine? What's, what's there to be ashamed of having the desires or the curiosities I have about different relationship structures? Or like I think it's really quite beautiful to be able to um, have such an open way of living like in terms of my heart and my mind that I can embrace things around me. I'm not this rigid, narrow-minded, the only one way of being kind of person. Um, So, but but pictures definitely help. Yeah. Let's talk about this specifically about taking pictures of yourself, because this is something that I, that I also do on a very Mm -hmm. regular basis. Mm -hmm. (laughs) May or may not be aware of, how many fucking pictures I take of myself uh, <laughs> due to my job um, and videos and everything. Right. Right. Um, so I'm interested because I, I have definitely heard this before of like how healing, you know, taking pictures of yourself can be. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to hear specifically like, so you take your process when taking a picture, perhaps, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. how that makes you feel when you do that. Sometimes it's just uh, on a whim. Like I'll get, um, like I'll get inspired. Like if the sun is shining in a, in a specific way. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, You're like, it's if, good lighting right now. Yeah, let's do yeah, this. Yeah. Like, let's let's see how this can. Um, the time is now. <laughs> yep, golden hour, baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I just want to say though that I was a person before I really was on Instagram that mm-hmm. had, uh, I think, internalized a lot of the shame that, uh, you know, around like, oh, who does this person think they are taking these selfies? Like, right, I really, right. yeah, like I was thirst traps. It's like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was that person and I know that it was from a place of self-loathing. Like I didn't like myself and I was taught like, how dare you? Who do you think you are to take up space? Who do you think you are to think you're pretty? Um, And so- And jealousy, I think too, of people that felt free to do that. It's like, fuck you. Like, and and, and by saying that you're you're like saying, fuck my pain, you know? Like fuck everything that I've, been taught yeah I want that but I I don't have access to it and that makes Mm -hmm. me angry Mm -hmm. I get that I totally understand that yeah so I like it's been a very slow slow process I I um just before I go into the specifics of how I do the photos now Mm -hmm. it started off with just face selfies like just Yep, learning yep. to recognize myself in I mean, your foam. face, your face is a part of your body. Yes, exactly. You know? Yeah. Yep. Um, but it was just solely face selfies. I wouldn't really do any kind of body shots or like full body shots. Yeah. Um, and it was in the pandemic. And I think too, because I don't know, maybe subconsciously it was like a way to stay connected to myself because I was so disconnected from community. Yeah. Um, but I would just kind of start exploring with different outfits because I love fashion. I love glamour. Like mm-hmm, I've been, mm-hmm. you know, hiding wearing lipstick since I was five. I snuck into my sister's room and like would put on her lipstick and then, you know, it was all over my face. But I've loved makeup since forever. Um, and so it was just experimenting with different looks. And then slowly it was like, well, I think I have a pretty nice figure for like I think I like the way that I look so let's yeah. try look taking these photos outfit. yeah let's take yeah let's take a picture of me in it exactly and then I remember posting I think it was like my first nude but obviously like covered because insta would yep. not ever show nipples um for my 37th birthday and it was on my private page and I remember that being like a big deal because I'm like <sighs> Like, okay, like you're taking it all off and, uh, (laughs) and how liberating. Um, and so now it's just like continuing to just explore those moments. Like, what does it feel like when I wear certain pieces of lingerie or what, how do I feel with certain lighting draping over my body or in complete darkness? Like it really is an artistic exploration of like self. Um, but it's, it's often not too planned they kind of happen on a whim like uh and and they help me self-regulate because i I am an anxious person i do uh, live with anxiety and so i have found that in those moments where my anxiety is really high once i get that camera set up and the outfit set up and i start posing it's Mm -hmm. like i forget about it for those few minutes um and i'm able to ground myself in these beautiful shots i think some of them are really beautiful and it's also okay if other people don't think that or they get tired of it or kind of roll their eyes, but it's like, it's so much bigger than just a picture. This is, this is about me accepting myself 
and, um, and it sounds like like a creative out, um, outlet as well like there's this yeah. aesthetic element to it of like ooh, the line and the lighting and the shadow and the mm-hmm. you know and the framing and the shapes and the mm-hmm. yeah and like how powerful I remember seeing certain photos I took of myself and I'm like you're pretty sexy in that photo like yeah. Yeah. Holy moly, girl! Like, what, what, <laughs> why have you been hiding? Um, and that's—I mean, like, I—I've I, had some uh, situations in my life where my agency around my sexuality has very much been taken away from me, and so to reclaim that through photography, so powerful. Um, yeah. I love so. that you have those moments of like. Because I do the same thing, you know, I shoot a bunch and then Mm -hmm. I choose one, you know, to post or to sell or whatever it's going to be. But like scrolling through and you're like, okay, okay, okay. Getting there, maybe. Okay. Ooh, that's the one. Yes. You know, that feeling of like, whoa, nailed it. (laughs) It doesn't feel so good. Yes. (laughs) It like jumps out at you. Your Mm -hmm. own, you know, beauty is Mm -hmm. like undeniable, you know, Mm -hmm. like you're confronted Mm -hmm. with your own beauty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And isn't that a lovely moment for like self-actualization of like, wow, I can't, you can't, one cannot look at that picture and not say, you know, that I'm beautiful. Yeah. It's undeniable. Exactly. And there's no shame in admitting that. Not at all. uh, I think patriarchy really wants uh, anyone that's not a cis man, cis het man, to to just not like themselves very much. And uh, that's been my experience anyway. And it's like, no, I, I, I can honestly say that I do. I do like myself. And if that's what it means to be 38 years old and like, so then I'm looking forward to my 40s exactly like I I just like I was really nervous uh coming into this podcast uh just for myself like you're so lovely and you're so empathic and you're yeah you're wonderful so I I had no doubt that you would be like you I would be taken care of essentially Mm -hmm. um but it's really scary to put yourself out there um it can be anyways but I and I think I remember you saying something along these lines. I can't quote you because I don't remember, but I hope that anybody listening to this just feels less alone because mm-hmm. um, I certainly don't want anyone to wait uh, till 36 to come out yeah. or t- till 38 to like come into their sexuality without shame. Um, you know, because it, yeah. it, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to explore and it's okay to change your mind. Like, um, you know, this, and at the same time, it's okay to come into it at this age, yeah. you know, at 36 and 38, it, yeah. it's, it's okay to do that too. You're not alone in that either. Cause here we are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. telling our story, you know, for sure. Um, and like, you know, I really do appreciate that this podcast even exists and that you do these, these episodes and these conversations, because I know that they've helped me in my journey. Um, no, for real. Like that. And that's, I mean, that's my goal. That's yeah. my dream. My hope and my dream for this pod, right. Is that mm-hmm. somebody is hearing somebody's story and identifying with it and mm-hmm. feeling a little less alone. Yeah. 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 And it's, uh, especially in a pandemic, like there's been yeah. so much isolation and, um, I'm slowly finding my community. 
of other, you know, queer folks that I feel like are my queer family. Um, but these types of episodes, these types of conversations with just such openness and joy and like seriousness, mm-hmm. but also playfulness. Cause like, that's the other fun thing about coming into my sexuality now. It's like, I am not worrying about performativity. I'm just like, yeah. let's just, let's just experience pleasure. Let's explore that. Um, and let's have fun. Like sex can be so fun. <sighs> it doesn't have to be this serious loaded thing no. and again no judgment if it is that's a lot of people's journeys actually for sure, for sure. to have very complex emotional feelings about sex and sexuality mm-hmm. but like oh how freeing when you can have those little glimpses of playfulness and of just joy and of actually having access to your own pleasure mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah this is you know in an ideal world this is what it's about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One... something to work towards you know exactly and it's yeah. like I think by having these types of conversations without shame you know I wouldn't say that it's fully objective but kind of talking about it without this sort of charged I don't know like a no it's not a... there is definitely emotion but there's also a sense of ease as well in talking about it um mm-hmm. And that's so important to me because that hasn't always been my experience. Like I, uh, I remember being in a partnership with someone and uh, just asking like, oh, have you ever, have you ever thought about or fantasized about a threesome? Mm-hmm. And the response was like, how could you bring this up? Like, why would you bring this up? And I'm like, oh, okay. Like I, just, I'm just, sorry. Yeah. Like I was like, okay. <laughs> like I, it's just a curiosity if it's something you didn't ever realize about. it was a crime. Uh, yeah, I but, get it. You have sensitivity surrounding this. I will yeah. closely monitor any other times I speak about yeah. this. Yeah, and it, that's okay. Like people wow. can, of course, have boundaries yeah. around around their, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um. But I feel like yeah. Um. The more open conversation we can have, again, like a, another like huge, um the reason I I do this is like the more open conversations like this we can have um, will help to, you know, hopefully morph people's perspectives surrounding this of like, you know, sex is bad. Yeah. And how dare you and like, don't talk about it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's something we don't talk about. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, by not talking about it you're just giving that negativity more power mm-hmm. you know more control mm-hmm. over how you run your life mm-hmm. by not talking about it mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and you know not that long ago when I think about the internalized shame I experienced part of what also helped me to finally just you know take the steps to live my truths and be myself was um I can't, I don't want to die regretting never being me. Mm. I don't want to, I, I, I will be so upset if at the end of my life, I never tried to explore queer relationships. Um, and that was a big one. Like this idea that like, if I get to the end of my life, am I going to regret this? And I just didn't want to, I want to. I didn't want to. I didn't want to die with regret. So that's a heavy one. And I feel like we're... No, that's like, that's really powerful. And I feel like a lot of people 
come up against that, you know, at some point. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, if not now, then fucking when? Mm -hmm. Because life is precious, baby. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, that's another thing the pandemic has taught us. It's like, anything could fucking happen. So like, tell the people you love that you love them. Like, you know, do the things, do the things you want to do. Why are you waiting? You know, why have you waited so long? Mm Mm-hmm. and like don't let yourself wait much longer because who knows what could happen mm-hmm. <laughs> i love to say i'm like we could all be dead by next year well, you know we don't know though. <laughs> people yeah people ask me what i'm doing in a couple of weeks i'm like we could all be dead by then <laughs> don't don't bother me with this like long-term plan like, like, like i said aaron i have a background in social work if you want to just hit me up after we can have a chat about it <laughs> fucking day yeah it is so true get it yeah it is so true you want to take pictures of yourself and post them on the internet fuck it do it (laughs) exactly like really like it's I mean I don't know if it's just a cocky thing now but I'm just like if somebody sees these and somehow tries to shame me they can't because I'm not ashamed of them I will not be shamed no like I love that good for fucking you you know honestly to get to that point it's taken a lot like I um I did I remember it was before I moved back to Montreal. I was like, oh, do I want to contact Now Magazine? You know how they do their annual body issue? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I contemplated. I'd be like, I mean, I, I'm comfortable in my body. I, you know, maybe this would be just another way to the, the next level of acceptance. And yeah. I stopped myself because I was like, well, what if I don't get a job? What if somebody sees I pose naked and they're like, well, she's she's just not suitable for this type of, uh, this type right. of workplace. It's, it's such, it's unfortunate. It's just really, really unfortunate yes. that we get pigeonholed into like who we get to be instead of being mm-hmm. seen as these full complex whole humans. Especially as like, uh, people who have been cultured as women, you know, yep. it's like, we hang on to that. Mm-hmm. We, we fully know, mm-hmm. um, how we are expected to present Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. we're very well versed with (laughs) what the patriarchy wants us to be definitely and uh and a certain point you're just like fuck it yeah you have to say it you have to just be like fuck this um um but yeah like anyways that's also part of the photography like my tattoos are a big part of the photography and about the healing Mm and i mean it's just it's such a gift. I feel so grateful to feel this fullness um, of self. Like I'm embracing my sensuality without like unapologetically. I'm embracing my sexuality unapologetically. And, you know, here I am still figuring it out, but feeling pretty damn fucking good about myself. So yeah, on the right fucking path. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like we'll never, you know, get to a point where you know, we don't have any insecurities about our bodies. Mm-hmm. That's just, you know, like the, there's the toxic positivity element right. to, you know, the Bopo kind of movement Right. that I think it's, it's really important to, to understand and realize like it's a journey For sure. and it's a never ending journey. Mm-hmm. You know, self-love is a choice that you make mm-hmm. every day. It's an intentional conscious choice to take care of yourself and, to 
do all the self-care stuff, like putting up boundaries Mm -hmm. with how people have access to you and all of that. It's all ongoing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, uh, the way people on social media can present sometimes is this just like completely flawless, you know, tied up in a a neat little bow package, you know, um, as far as like self-acceptance goes. And, you know, I'm a sexual realist. I'm at this point, anytime someone, you know, I I get in the conversation about talking about sex positivity. Mm -hmm. I'm like, because I want to be very wary of not being toxically positive surrounding it. Because we're real human beings. Mm -hmm. I don't know everything. I'm a professional, you know, kink provider. I I don't know everything about kink and I never will. Mm I have a sex podcast and I do a lot of sex fucking things professionally. I do not claim to know everything about sex and I never will. Because mm-hmm. that's not life. Exactly. That's not what life life is like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's like so, I think just embracing the humanity of it. Like, yeah, I accept yes. myself. Like there, you know, I took uh, selfies last week. It was golden hour, beautiful sun coming through. But it really, mm-hmm. sh- it shined a light on... Uh, the depth of the stretch marks I have on my breasts and Mm -hmm. uh, you know it really put a light on like the redness I have on my skin and like bumps and whatever like all of it whatever texture whatever whatever textures I have perfectly normal skin exactly very human and that I exactly and I was just like okay well I it was like I think the what is it like body acceptance or body neutrality I think it is neutrality yeah yeah. and it's just it just is you know there are going to be moments I know my body's going to fluctuate I know my my libido is going to fluctuate like I don't get me wrong I I I very much enjoy sex um but I'm not always going to want it uh I'm a Mm -hmm. sensual person but that doesn't mean I'm always going to express that sensuality like it just ebbs and flows and that's Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the biggest lesson that I've learned in this process, it's just like, it's going to ebb and flow. So just let it be. And it's, yeah, it's perfect. I'm perfectly imperfect. Yeah. Like, oh, how liberating is that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's funny. I, I had um, a phone for a while that had this beautification filter on it that you could not remove on its camera, okay. on its front facing camera. It would just smooth everything. Right? And I, uh, you know, dropped that phone or whatever, broke the th- broke the camera on it and um I used my I have like an, a really nice Canon camera mm-hmm. so you know I I gotta keep posting on social media for work so I was taking pictures not with that camera anymore but from like my Canon that really showed off like the texture of my skin exactly how you were talking mm-hmm. about and yeah I, I took this one picture and it was just like my face and it showed off this texture mm-hmm the true texture of my skin on my face mm-hmm. and how I had a moment where I was like, Oh, I'm not used to seeing that mm-hmm. in a photo, you know, but also uh, that thing again of not being able to say this wasn't beautiful. Like me looking at it and being like, but I love this. Mm-hmm. I love this picture and I'm not, not going to post it because the rest of my you know pictures look like this, mm-hmm. like this perfectly brushed airbrushed kind of a, skin mm-hmm. I'm like this is my skin mm-hmm. this isn't even my skin on a bad day this mm-hmm. is like this is just my skin yeah. right and that thing of being like yeah I I love 
I love it as it is. Yeah. I love it exactly as it is because this is me. Exactly. And I think too, with aging, like I've noticed the changes to my body and my skin and I've noticed it and so be it, you know, like what, like, it's just no judgment to anybody. I'm I'm just thinking of myself and how, like, as a 12 year old kid, I stopped swimming lessons because somebody made a comment about my stretch marks and I was like, well, can't go swimming anymore. Like that's how, that's how deep this, the hatred was. Um, you know what? Uh, we should be wrapping up, but I, I had a similar experience. I was probably in grade three okay. or something. Um, going swimming. I have acne on my forehead. Okay. Um, that's like the texture that I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had it at that age as well. Mm-hmm. And I always had bangs. You know, when I was a kid, I had bangs. Mm-hmm. I had bangs until I was quite old, actually, mm-hmm. to hide that part of my face because mm-hmm. um, it was worse on my worse on my forehead. And I went swimming mm-hmm. with like we had a class something where we were all going swimming. And, you know, when you swim and your hair is wet, it's back off your face, right. you know, it's off your forehead. It's what it's not your bangs are not hanging in front of your face any longer. And someone made a comment of like, oh, I didn't know you had acne you know because I don't have it that badly on the rest of my face someone was like oh my god I never thought that you would be a person that had acne Mm. you know just an offhand comment and I was like okay same thing okay well I'm not gonna go to any group swimming things Mm -hmm. I'll swim with my family you know Mm -hmm. or whatever but this is the last time I'll be swimming with friends or or you know boys yeah well, I hope you go swimming whenever you want, Erin. I most certainly fucking Good. do. Good. <laughs> uh, and I, I just, like, hope you continue taking beautiful shots because you do take beautiful photos. So do you. Oh, so you. do you. And I hope you continue as well. Thank you. Speaking, speaking of your lovely photos, mm-hmm. tell the people where they can see them if you so want <laughs> to share your Instas and maybe other things where people can find and follow you. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I have a page that people want to follow. It's fun underscore is Mel. So F-U-N underscore I-S Mel. Uh, I make a joke that it sounds like funny smell because, you know, I'm a comedian, so why not? <laughs> um, yeah, if you want to follow me there, I post a lot of my art stuff and some of my self-portraits, but I keep I keep most of the private ones for my private personal page. So nice. yeah, um, I won't be sharing that handle, but uh, um, if you want to follow any fun stuff, I, I do some stuff with Montreal Improv. Uh, so follow follow them and you can find me there. And yeah, and stay tuned for um, for my possible, not possible, my likely to come out incoming, to my incoming, upcoming, upcoming clown show. We'll see because uh, pandemic definitely put a wrench in it, but it's coming soon. So stay tuned. Awesome. Yeah. Folks, so you know where to follow me by now. I'm the most active on Twitter at the Lady Pim One, but if you must follow me on Instagram, I'm at the Lady Pim, and then also at the Bedpost Podcast. We have a Patreon. It's the Bedpost Show. We have a YouTube page. It's the Bedpost Show, and uh, I never like to go an episode without mentioning the lovely lady that does all the original music for my podcast. Stephanie Copeland can be found at stephcopelandmusic.com. Melissa G, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Oh, thank you so much, Erin. It's been so great. Thank you so, so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you again. Um, I hope you enjoyed this one, everyone. We'll see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here on the Bedpost Podcast talking about sex and sexuality. Get fucked, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>
This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!